Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Freedom of Species brings animal advocacy to the airwaves. It's a radio program dedicated to raising awareness about issues concerning animals. This includes animal advocacy, activism, protection, conservation and, importantly, appreciation. The program is broadcast from 3CR Studios in Melbourne, Australia and streamed live via the 3CR website where recent podcasts are available. All podcasts are also available via iTunes and our own Freedom of Species website. Welcome to Freedom of Species. I'm Kate Gracie. Earlier this year, I took a holiday to New Zealand and I was stunned by the vehemence directed at the Australian brush-tailed possum. I mean, I knew it was regarded as a serious pest species, but I just did not expect that level of sheer loathing and demonisation. The government information depicted possums as spawn of the devil, spitting and hissing and unleashed from the bowels of hell. Posters on community notice boards advertised family fun days with prizes for killing possums and throwing their carcasses. It made me really curious as to what was going on in the national psyche. So just last week I spoke by Skype with two people who have observed this possum hatred phenomenon up close. Hans Crick is the former executive director of SAFE and now is a SAFE ambassador. SAFE is New Zealand's leading animal rights organisation. Hans gave the broader context of the issue for me. I then spoke with Nick Holm, who's a lecturer in media studies at Massey University, and he went on to explain what's really going on, that the possum is a scapegoat, and that maybe New Zealanders, like Australians, just can't handle the truth. But first, Hans... I asked him just how entrenched and widespread this possum hatred is in New Zealand. It's very significant. Uh, Possums are really uh, the most maligned species in New Zealand. Um, And I think there's been a deliberate ploy to to cast them in that light. Uh, They are really the villains in this country. They've been sort of described as the Aussie invaders. Whereas when you think about it, they didn't invade at all. Uh, It's actually humans brought them over here because they want to start a fur trade. Um, but they are very, very maligned in New Zealand, even so that you can see, um, say, commercials uh, to, on television uh, teaching kids to count. And the way they teach kids to count is to count the dead possums that they uh, see on the roadside. You know, so, so it, it really adds to this picture of like whatever you do to a possum, it doesn't matter because it's a nasty thing that we want to get rid of. And, and I think it's, it's the government that has been feeding into that. I think it has the farming industry has been feeding into it because the government doesn't like possums from an uh, ecological point of view. Uh, the, the farmers don't like them because they can potentially spread TB. So, you know, there, there's really not much going for the possums at, at, in New Zealand with regards to public opinion about them, which is, of course, very, very wrong. I mean, you know, we all know that they're a sentient species uh, and they're here because of no fault of their own. And, and what is it that possums do that fuel this hatred and demonisation? 
Sure. Well, one of the main things, of course, is uh, the possums, when they were introduced in New Zealand, became extremely successful. Uh, it's actually uh, interesting reading um, some older materials from the Acclimatization Society. They were the people that brought possums in. And they were actually proudly pronouncing that they found the first possums uh, breeding in New Zealand. And, and clearly, you know, possums really like New Zealand. There was plenty of food in, 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 the, in the native bush for them. And so they, they grew into large numbers, uh, starting to do, you know, quite a bit of damage um, to bush. How much is often overstated, uh, but it is a little hard to measure, uh, as is the number of possums. Uh, there were years that the government was saying there were 17 million possums in New Zealand. I think that has been revised now to about 30 million, but still a lot of those animals, and they do do damage to um, our native forest because that forest wasn't really set up for possums. So, so that's a big problem. Uh, they certainly have the ability to kill entire trees by eating the foliage and, and therefore damaging the tree so much that the tree can't survive. Um, they also do some damage to um, uh, wildlife. They will eat um, uh, baby birds and they will eat eggs. Most people think that possums only eat plants, but they're opportunists and if they can find something handy, then, then they will, uh, will eat it, a bit of extra free protein. So they, they can, again, do damage to New Zealand's uh, already threatened native species uh, because of deforestation, mainly because of farming. Uh, you know, a lot of New Zealand bush has been removed. Um, and so those pockets of bush that are still left, if they're then invaded by possums, the possums can certainly do damage you know, for, for native birds. Uh, and another problem with possums is, is that they um, have the potential of spreading uh, TB and, and uh, bovine TB. And obviously farmers are, are very concerned about that, and, and that's the main reason for them why they want to get rid of possums. You're suggesting that there's maybe in the vicinity of 30 million possums in New Zealand. So even if you were to put aside the issue of cruelty for a moment, would it even be possible to eliminate the possum from New Zealand? Uh, there's absolutely no chance that we're going to get rid of possums in, in New Zealand. I mean, the government has recently come up with some plan that they're going to get rid of so-called all the pests in New Zealand. <clears throat> and it sounds good. It's just, it's just a ploy to attract some uh, business sponsorship, I suppose, because, you know, you can hardly say, oh, we'll make, get rid of a few, and that, that's not very sexy and that won't get any support. So they've come out with this, there's this new plan that they're going to uh, get, get rid of all these invasive species, but they won't, and they know it. I mean, you talk to some of the people, um, you know, that know about these things, they, they all say they you just don't have a chance. Uh, we haven't got the tools at the moment to do so. And, and whether we ever get those tools is a, is a big question. At the moment, what New Zealand has traditionally done is just thrown a lot of poison at these animals. Um, you know, 1080, we're the largest user of 1080 in the, in the world. And, and a lot of that is, is aimed at possums. And we've been doing that for decades now, and we still have a possum problem. So really, that's not the solution. Um, and then we've been shooting and trapping, and even that, you know, really didn't make much of a dent in, in, in the population. So I think New Zealand probably is going to have to accept that possums are here to stay, uh, whether we like it or not. And, and that's obviously not a good thing, because, you know, we should not underestimate the, the, um, you know, the rights as well of, of our native species you know, to live in, you know, in, in an environment that's not tainted by, you know, either invasive species or us you know, chopping all the trees down for, for farmland. But but the reality is, though, that, you know, possums are not going to go. Uh, I don't think in the foreseeable future that we have the mechanisms to do it. Um, maybe if there's a lot more research going into it, because at the moment we just 
put all the money into uh, inefficient control. But maybe if there's more research into maybe fertility control or something in that area, there could be a solution in the, in the future. But even then, it would be naive to believe that they will all disappear. So why does the government press on regardless with this massive, almost military campaign to eradicate them when it's really just not viable? Well, that's a good question. Uh, you, you, you could uh, ask why haven't they learned from decades of inefficient uh, control. I suppose they would argue that if they wouldn't do anything, then the possum problem would even be bigger than what it is currently. And, and if there's no control, the, the numbers will get even bigger uh, and, and more damage will be done to, to our forest and so on. Um, I, I know that the uh, government is under pressure from the farming lobby as well um, to do something, mainly because of the TB, and I, th I think that's actually... Uh, as much a pressure point as the uh, ecological damage that possums potentially can do. Um, it's, you know, the, the New Zealand has been compromised very badly from a conservation point of view in that we've lost so much of our native forest. We, I think we have the highest uh, number of species of birds that are endangered in the world in this country. And, and you know, we, we, we can't be very proud of, of our record. And I think the government also wants to be seen to be you know, ecologically responsible and, and, and wants, to, wants to put money into conservation so that we protect those especially iconic species uh, like the kiwi. Um, and, and, you know, in, in itself, you know, there's nothing wrong with trying to protect um, such an important bird uh, for this country. But whether that's achieved by, you know, killing possums in, in you know, I suppose moderate numbers compared to the numbers that there may be out there. I don't know. And the, the amount of suffering uh, inflicted on those animals during that process is obviously phenomenal. You're talking you know, large numbers of animals that are being either poisoned to death, and 1080 is a cruel poison, you know, they're being shot, that may be the most humane way, but also being trapped. So we, we still use leg hole traps in New Zealand in large numbers. So there is a lot of suffering inflicted on those animals. And again, you know, no fault of their own. It was people who brought them in. Uh, but it's the animals that pay a heavy price. I know that 1080 has devastating impacts, not just on its target, but also on a whole host of others also. Can you describe these various impacts? Well, I'm not an expert on, on 1080, uh, except for the few bits and pieces that I've been uh, reading about it. Um, but 1080 certainly uh, is, is not a poison that, that kills instantly. So uh, there are other alternatives, like cyanide, for instance, uh, is uh, much more humane and it kills a lot quicker. Um, but the problem with cyanide is that it's also very dangerous uh, for people and it can't be just dropped in big monsoon buckets over vast uh, areas of forest. Um, so 1080 um, is dropped in large quantities all over New Zealand bush. And, and the problem, of course, with 1080 is that it is not species specific. So that means that uh, other animals including protected animals, um, uh, eat the poison and can die. Um, for instance, it's well known that uh, Kia, which is the uh, uh, world's southernmost parrot, uh, uh, eats 1080 poison pellets, and, and they will die as a result. And, and it's also known that these pellets can end up in the waterways and uh, it, it can do damage to aquatic life. I myself, actually, when I first came to New Zealand in, in the uh, mid-80s, um, was traveling through New Zealand, and we found all these green pellets on a, a picnic area and on the roadside, and they were dumped there by, by a helicopter and because they misjudged, and so they dumped it 
right over a picnic area where people would go with their kids and dogs. And 1080 is highly poisonous for dogs as well. And um, so I spent hours picking all these pellets up and actually dropping them back off to uh, to Department of Conservation and asking for an explanation. And this was, you know, in, in the 80s, and that still happens. Uh, they can still misjudge and. You read it every now and then in New Zealand that you know people find it all over the place and you know dogs die as well, but other animals like deer, um, you know basically any animal that eats 1080 uh, will die. And what I've seen, I've seen bits and pieces of footage in the past um, of animals dying of 1080, and it's not pretty. It's a very prolonged death, and and these animals suffer um, significantly. So again, it's used because it's there, it's available, and it's relatively cheap. And again, if you're going to, you know, try to uh, organize these massive uh, poison drops, then really the, the the onus should be on on the government and 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 us as people of New Zealand to make sure that if anything is going to be done, it must be done in the most humane way possible. And 1080 is the most convenient way, but not the most humane way. What's the public sentiment about the use of 1080? Well, it's 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 interesting. Um, there is a huge opposition to 1080 in um, in New Zealand, and it is because people don't like sort of the mass poisoning of, of, of their country. They they are well aware that uh, New Zealand is one of those few countries that that uses 1080 in such a way. A lot of the opposition also comes from hunting groups. They believe that you know 1080 also kills other animals like deer, and and they would prefer to go and shoot them rather than see poisoned by the government. So, so there is this strong block of opposition, and every year you see protests, and 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 especially locals when, when there's going to be a poison drop in their area, they're usually up in arms, and <clears throat> people are concerned about how it could affect the water quality when it when it falls in streams, and some people drink from those streams. But by and large, I think the the, the vast majority of the public is probably pretty apathetic towards the whole issue. You know, people know that possums. Um, are a problem. Uh, as I said, they've been demonized in, in, in New Zealand for, for decades. And people sort of accept, I suppose, the government's uh, stance that, that 1080 is, is the most economical and most effective way of controlling numbers. So most people stand by quite idly and, and, and just do nothing. And, and as a result, the government can just carry on uh, doing what they do, poisoning uh, you know these animals and many other animals, and trying to portray those that are opposed to the, the 1080 drop as, you know, uh, radicals or unrealistic or, or, or whatever. But ultimately, as I said before, the government has been dropping 1080 for for decades and hasn't solved the problem. So you know what we would argue for is that it's high time for some real research to be done into humane alternatives, and the emphasis should be on humane, not just convenient. It has to be humane. And there's a little bit of work done on that in New Zealand, but nowhere near enough. And, and you know, there's vested interest as well when you talk about 1080 drops. People, that's what people have been doing for a living, and, and there's a whole industry around it. And so it's very hard to break through uh, something like that. And maybe it will have to be an international outcry about, you know, clean, green New Zealand dumping huge amounts of poison uh, on, on its forests uh, in order for something to be done about it. But certainly, um, we can't carry on the way we're doing it at the moment um, because it doesn't work. And if the government is serious about eradicating possums, then they have to come up with a much better solution. I've heard about family possum cold days, you know, 
where mm. possums are killed and their carcasses are thrown around and they, yep. the carcasses are dressed up and whatever else, all, all done for prizes. Can you tell me more about this? Yeah, yeah, New Zealand has quite a bit of a sick culture with regards to possums in that they try to turn the, the um, control of possums into some sort of macabre fun thing for for people, including kids. Um, so you even have schools involved in New Zealand where they where the kids are encouraged to participate in things like throwing, see who can throw a dead possum the furthest, or they dress up possums. Um, there, there's this really weird sense of uh, that that is acceptable. Um, and again, that only can work, of course, because possums have been demonized and possums are being seen as the enemy. And whatever you do to the enemy doesn't really seem to matter. Um, it's obviously a really, really bad way of um, teaching kids respect uh, for animals because if you can treat a possum that way, why not another animal? So, you know, you have these, these adults uh, often entering in competitions, but the problem there is that here we have uh, what is supposed to be control of, of an invasive species done by amateurs who do it for fun. And that's a problem um, because you have people being sent out to go and shoot possums that have no experience whatsoever. And you can just imagine the wounding rate of possums you know, people that don't kill them outright but injure the animals, the animal get away, and the suffering will be, be quite immense. Um, and, and again, it feeds into this whole whole attitude of, um, you know, it's a fun thing to do. I mean, if possums really need to be controlled, and, and then surely that should be done in the most effective and most respectful way possible by professional people that, that take into account the, the, um, the suffering of the animals. But you don't see that in, in New Zealand. It's, it's, a, it's a bit, you know, anyone can have a go. Nobody really cares what happens to the possums. Nobody really cares what the amount of suffering is uh, involved. It's just, it just doesn't really sit on the radar, the, um, the issue of the suffering of those animals, simply because, again, they're demonized and who cares. Um, if you were to commit similar acts on a cat or a dog, you know, people would think you're a psycho and, and you'll be sent to jail for animal cruelty. And if you do it to a possum, you've been viewed as a hero because you're ridding the country of a pest. And, and again, you know, it, it's, um, it, it's quite a sad indictment on New Zealand that that's how we look at it. Um, you know, if there are good reasons for, for control, then it should be done in the most humane, most professional way possible and not as a sort of a fun, uh, entertaining pastime. I can't even imagine what psychological messaging these kind of activities would have on children. And also I'm thinking it, it sounds like the New Zealand clean green marketing message is really way off the mark. Yeah, well, the, the, the clean green marketing message of New Zealand is, is of, of course based on a fallacy. Uh, the, 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 I mean, the reality is that most rivers in New Zealand you can't swim in because they're too polluted because of runoff from cities and runoff from dairy farms. <laughs> you know, it doesn't quite fit in with the image, does it? But the pictures look nice from the, the mountains and the hills and all that. But the reality is, is far from it. And, and the whole possum thing fits in with that as well. You know, if you, if you were to show tourists visiting New Zealand pictures of animals slowly dying of 1080 poisoning in large numbers, you know, people would have <laughs> take a dim view of, of all that. But that's not what you see in the brochures, of course. So it's, it's like with many of those things, you know, it's a lot of spin. The government tries to uh, show New Zealand in, in uh, obviously in a positive light. And, and the, uh, the nasty reality is, is uh, swept under the carpet as much as possible. 
and um, it's, it's actually really difficult. So when you speak out to sort of speak in four possums, saying that these animals, you know, are sentient, that they need to be treated humanely, uh, you're almost seen as a traitor in this country because, you know, they, these animals are deemed so evil that there is just anything goes. And, um, and that's why you see a fair bit of ridicule for those people that do speak out for possums. Now, some people take it uh, one step further uh, and advocate for possums by just saying, just leave them and do nothing about them and just accept that they live here now and that they sort of are becoming New Zealanders, if you like. I'm not sure where I personally sit on it or even where my organization sits on it because we also care a lot about the native species that, you know, through no fault of their own, are being dispossessed and being annihilated in, 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 in large numbers by both people and, and other animals. So it's, it's a tricky one, and, and I don't think there's a simple solution to that. If I knew the solution, um, I would be very rich now, I think. Uh, the, the reality is that with the knowledge that we currently have, uh, we cannot get rid of possums or stoats, uh, another huge problem in New Zealand. So all that the government is doing at the moment is trying to reduce numbers in certain areas, and sometimes with some success, localized success, other times it doesn't work very well at all. Yeah, if you were to do nothing, I don't know, maybe maybe some people would accept that then we don't have any more kiwis or kaka or kia and we just have possums and you know deer and whatnot. And and they will then self-regulate because if you obviously if you were to leave them to it, then um, food source becomes uh, the issue. So they will eat themselves out of food after a while and then those numbers will sort of um, stabilize. But uh, it's not something I think that uh, uh, most people would advocate for, and most people would like to, you know, uh, keep kiwis in New Zealand uh, and, and and protect some of these other birds that are already so so threatened. So it's it's a real real big problem. It's a dilemma, and I'm I can't see uh, an immediate solution to it. And I understand further that possums are being used for lab experimentation in New Zealand. Can you elaborate on that? Well, the only research that I know on possums um, is, is actually uh, uh, based on how to er eradicate them. Um, so I'm not sure if uh, I actually don't think that possums are being used for like medical research or, or, or vaccine testing or, or anything like that. Uh, I do know that, there, uh, that Landcare, for instance, uh, it's a government-run institution, uh, they test traps. Um, uh, to see how efficient they are. And, and so they have uh, possums in, they take wild possums and put them in a laboratory setting and actually observe these animals uh, being trapped. And then they measure how long it takes for them to die or how efficient the traps are, etc. Now, some of that work is actually done, um, I have to say, also to, um, um, to approve traps that do meet a certain standard about humaneness. Uh, so whether traps are instant kill traps or not, for instance. And I know that uh, a lot of these traps are being rejected because the animals stay alive too long in them. Um, <clears throat> so that's the only research that I'm aware of in New Zealand, but there may be some other uh, research going on that I don't know about because it's one of those things in New Zealand that uh, there's not a lot of transparency uh, with regards to um, animal research. Is there a pro-possum movement in New Zealand? I wouldn't call it a pro-possum movement. I don't think there is, um, but there are certainly... Um, on a regular basis, you see comments from individuals uh, that are saying, look, you know, we've tried 
to control them. We tried to eradicate them. We failed. Maybe there's time now for a radical rethink. And, and, and some of these people do advocate just to stop all control and basically let uh, nature take its course, although this is, of course, not nature anymore when you have introduced species, but it's in the new nature, maybe. Uh, like America has the new America. Now Donald Trump was elected. Maybe a new nature is, is uh, where you accept uh, the species that have been introduced. But that's certainly not a common um, uh, position that New Zealanders have. Uh, but there are more individuals now than before that are actually making these statements. And that's, I think, for several reasons. I think, uh, for one, it's a realization that we won't get rid of possums anyway. Uh, and then the best thing for those possums then would be to leave them so that they don't have to suffer year in, year out because of the, the, those cruel trapping or poisoning methods. So I think it's, it's, the statements are made to, uh, from an animal rights type perspective. But yeah, then you still have the dilemma, then what will then happen to our forests or to the native species that depend on that forest <clears throat> and, and their survival, because you know, clearly they have um, rights as well. So it's a, yeah, it's, a, it's a really difficult one. It's pretty bleak for the possums. There's not many people batting for them. And you say there's not really a pro-possum movement. There's not really any campaigns on for their benefit. They're pretty much doing it on their own. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's very, there's very few possum advocates, uh, like I said, except for maybe the odd individual person. Uh, but there is certainly no um, concerted effort to, to, to stick up for possums in New Zealand. And, you know, when you go to Australia and then you see possums uh, living in the natural environment where they belong and, and they're not a problem and they're protected. And, and so it actually must be pretty hard for, I think, maybe an Australian to see the treatment of possums here and how vilified they are when they are so sort of uh, admired and respected by most um, in, in Australia. But uh, yeah, there's, there, you're, you're right. They're definitely doing it on their own. There's not, nothing. Uh, you know, in our for an animal rights organization, we also do not advocate in an overly proactive uh, way for possums, mainly because we have many issues to deal with and we're a small organization. But um, we do speak out on a regular basis uh, against the cruel control methods that are being used. And we constantly keep on urging um, the government to, to invest uh, in the development of humane control or as humane as possible control for possums or any, any other animals. And, you know, there is not a hell of a lot of motivation in this country um, to, to spend money based on humane rather than based on killing large numbers and that may change I, I believe it will change and as people become more aware about sentience and and more aware about you know the, the ability of these animals to suffer I, I think we are going to see a change eventually um, but I can't see it in the short term Communication Mixed Down. The show that takes a critical look at contemporary media. And explores the way we use communication to make sense of the world around us. From social media to citizen journalism. To the logo on the front of your favorite t-shirt. It's all part of the Communication Mixed Down. Each week, Thursday, 6 to 6.30. Communication Mixed Down. Cranking up. November 17, right here on 3CR.
This is Freedom of Species on 3CR 855 AM. That last song was Go to Hell by Nina Simone. And before that, I was talking with Hans Crick about the plight of the brush-tailed possum in New Zealand. I also spoke with Nick Holm last week, again by Skype. Nick's a lecturer in media studies at Massey University, and he's the author of a 2015 paper entitled Consider the Possum, Foes, Anti-Animals and Colonists in Paradise. I suggested to Nick that the aggressive retaliation to possums introducing bovine tuberculosis to dairy cattle was somewhat hypocritical considering it's these cattle herds that have had perhaps the greatest environmental impact in New Zealand. Absolutely, and that's where you're getting, I think, a lot of kind of contradictions and complications that begin to emerge around the way that possums are treated in Aotearoa, New Zealand, and the way they're kind of understood as playing a certain role within the uh, within the ecosystems and environment. But yeah, the, the, the dairy herds are uh, certainly a major example of of where the real environmental damage is happening and where it's taking place. If you wanted to protect the native forests, um, many more trees have been felled for dairy herds than the possums have ever ever cut back. And yeah, it really does speak, I think, to to the complications around how possums are figured in New Zealand media and New Zealand culture. Um, and I'm, I'm trying to recall when I wrote the paper, I was following a, a certain line that uh, got too complicated after a while, but of the funding and support to some of the environmental groups around possums, and you <laughs> tends to be passing evidence that some of them, not the environmental groups in general, but the ones dedicated to possums, you often turn out to be funded in large part by the dairy industry. So you get things like that popping up. Ah, yeah, right. <laughs> interesting. Very interesting. So now you authored a paper last year called Consider the Possum, Foes, Anti-Animals and Colonists in Paradise. Now I want to talk to you about that paper, but first can you explain what you mean by the term anti-animal? So the idea of the anti-animal as I develop it in this paper is a way to speak uh, way to speak about those animals which are seen to contravene, I guess, uh, what we might think of as the correct and proper environmental order. So an anti-animal is an animal that when it flourishes, when it does well, when it thrives in an environment, is actually taken to be a sign of that environment's sickness. Um, so possums are kind of a limit case here, that when a possum does well in the New Zealand environmental context, it's taken as a sign that an environment is sick and suffering. So an anti-animal, it's an animal that's, that I guess has separated from that have become opposed to how we would normally think about environmentalism and and the natural world and because it's become separated in this way uh, it is no longer afforded some of the i guess lots of the rights and, and values we usually attribute to animals that the kind of things we want to do and assist and help animals with anti-animals the exact opposite applies where we would save animals we want to kill anti-animals your paper goes on to suggest that possum hatred is an intersection of environmentalism and post-colonialism. I was wondering if you can unpack that a little bit. Uh, certainly. Um, so uh, what I try and suggest is that in the context of Aotearoa, New Zealand, uh, our environmental thinking is very much caught up in our post-colonial situation, um, by which I mean that so much of our environmental, so much of the environmental work that goes on in Aotearoa, New Zealand, is orientated towards this idea of recovering uh, an arrangement of the natural world that predated colonisation. This idea, this is the, well, more of an assumption, frankly, that 
the way that the natural world should be is the way it was before Pakiha, before European settlers arrived uh, in this country. And what this means is that um, when we talk about environmental designs in Aotearoa, New Zealand, what we seem to be saying is that we want to return, um, we want to return this, these islands to the way they were before we, and by we I mean white settler subjects, arrived here. And of course this presents a real problem uh, for, for Pakeha environmentalists because their, their dream, their desire, uh, is reliant upon them not being here, uh, which is kind of a, a deal breaker. Um, for many people. I'm not saying this is often thought out in these ways. I, I want to say this is ideological, this is assumed in the way we think about these things. Where the possum comes in here is it serves as a really convenient way then to try and reconcile this desire to return to this pre-colonial uh, natural state without having to disappear and destroy our own infrastructure and society. So rather than uh, think about the damage caused by colonial subjects in Aotearoa, New Zealand, instead the possum becomes a site at which anxieties can be worked through. So instead of uh, the, the possum becomes constructed and understood as the major pest species, the species that is doing the most damage to New Zealand environmentalism, which of course is not the case. The species that's doing the most damage is humans. Uh, but in order to avoid thinking about that, we focus on the possum. And the possum provides a really easy way of doing this. Because by killing the possum, uh, we can say we're helping the natural world because it's an anti-animal. So by constructing this idea of the possum in this particular way, uh, it becomes possible uh, to, to think about, to, to imagine oneself as doing environmental work by killing an animal, um, which of course is quite different than the way environmentalism manifests in different places outside of Aotearoa New Zealand around the world. Uh, so this is why, I guess, this is why I suggest then that the possum as a way of reconciling these two demands, this desire to undo colonization, um, which isn't, which no, which most settler subjects well, don't want to do, um, and therefore the therefore the possum provides a, a different way to think about how we could intervene and restore New Zealand to its pre-colonial setting uh, and its environmental. I guess it's a, yeah, its environmental situation that was here before the farms, the roads, and the cities took place. Uh, so the possum is a way of is it is an intellectual scapegoat, a get out clause from thinking seriously about uh, what is actually doing the environmental damage in New Zealand? What are the things that are creating the biggest problems in this country, which are people, not possums? It sounds remarkably like the situation here in Australia with, let's say, rabbits and the feral cats. You know, that humans are in denial of, of their own impacts and so are putting the blame onto the rabbits and feral cats. Do you think that's a fair thing to say? Definitely. I think that, that certainly applies. Um, and I think maybe, that, I mean, well, certainly there are, there are similar conversations about rabbits in New Zealand. Uh, but, and this is where I maybe would return back to the fact that possums carry TB um, and therefore a, therefore a threat to the, to the dairy industry. This is, possums are uh, nonetheless subject to a lot more concentrated state-sponsored sustained uh, demonization than rabbits. Um, I'm not sure how much coverage it's had in Australia, but there's been a prominent New Zealand entrepreneur turned politician, Gareth Morgan, who's made a big uh, deal over the last few years about cats, and not feral cats, about domestic cats, and the threat they pose to native wildlife. Um, and I guess in doing that, he's 
he's it's similar work to what we do with possums. He's demonizing the cats as the things that, that are killing um killing the native wildlife when again it's um the cats don't get come here by themselves uh and cats do, don't do nearly as much damage as a dairy farm uh, at the end of the day or as much damage as a new road or as much damage as a, as a power plant uh so again it's a way of of uh shifting shifting the imagination and uh, that does remind me of something i think that is really relevant to this is that morgan is also involved in what's called a predator-free new zealand project which uh, which the goal of this, this private uh, foundation is to eliminate all predators from New Zealand by 2040. Um, but of course, the predator that, that they don't want to eliminate is is the best predator, is the top predator, <laughs> the most successful predator, which is people. So it's it's a very odd initiative, which is um, its stated goal was to eliminate all predators from the main islands of New Zealand, um, ignoring the fact that they're going to leave the most efficient and savage predator of all which is which is human beings of course of course and it, i mean even even assuming even in taking that on board would it even be possible to eliminate all pest species from new zealand bar the human it sounds like it's a pie in the sky ideal anyway it's been compared to our apollo project our apollo program <laughs> um it's seen as this big uh scientific goal that can be used to mobilise uh, dream, dreams of a better future. Um, and I think it really does speak as well to the, the limitless hatred that has been kind of uh, developed around the possum, that we'd be willing to spend infinite money, infinite resources um, to get rid of them, that this is, you know, the amount of money, as you've said, the amount of money that's being suggested to accomplish this is, would solve so many social problems uh, in this country. The hatred of the possum is such a powerful motivator, um, and I guess in this way, I guess it's escaped its any original connection with the dairy industry. It's become so self-perpetuating that it's yeah, it fosters these uh, what is uh, often seen as yeah as, as New Zealand's way of dreaming of a better technological future is, is through killing possums and killing pests. How did the other introduced species fare in all this hatred? You know, like the stoats and the hedgehogs, etc. Uh, you hear you hear about stoats every so often, stoats and the ferrets and the weasels. Uh, I think I think they're all here, um, but they're usually a supporting cast to the possum. Um, so the possum is, is the possum is the is the one that's singled out. Now, only afterwards we might begin to talk about stoats and ferrets. Hedgehogs are another thing altogether. I. I don't think I've ever heard anyone come out against the hedgehogs, um, which also carry TB, uh, as I was warned by my mother as a child. Um, but maybe that, yeah, I, but hedgehogs, for whatever reason, and, and there's something interesting going on here, seem to probably their um, their central role in, in English fairy tales and children's books uh, seem to have managed to escape a lot of a lot of the pest hatred that does circulate um, in New Zealand's biosecurity kind of discourses. So yeah, those deer sometimes are discussed because a lot of this problem isn't just predation of of uh, animals; it's also predation of of native forests and native species. Um, so deer are often is implicated in these conversations, but those would be the main ones. It's the mammals as well, which is also interesting, right? It's the mammals that are seen as being the the animals that are doing the most damage, and it is, I think, connected a lot of the time to ideas of predation. That is. 
the, the animals that fill a predatory role within the ecological framework are the ones that are singled out as being particularly damaging. Whereas, of course, all, all introduced species um, change and influence their, their environment um, in profound ways. But for some reason, we seem to be particularly concerned about the predators. Could the origin of the possum have anything to do with it in that possums are from Australia and the other animals like the deers and the, and the, the stoats and the hedgehogs are from Mother Britain? So the, there's more animosity towards the possum because it's from Australia? That certainly does uh, emerge every so often in the discussions around them, but they are Australian invaders. That's, that's certainly something you hear. It's a turn of phrase that emerges. Um, I would think, though, that probably the thing that does motivate the possum hatred at that level compared to these other species is its success. Possums have, have been very successful. They have found an environment in New Zealand that is particularly well suited to their, to their flourishing. Um, I've seen possums. I've never seen a fear in New Zealand. Of, um, I've seen a lot of hedgehogs, but they don't move. But yeah, again, the hedgehog I think is a funny little case. Um, so I think I think it's the, the Australian connection is often invoked, but usually in jest, um, mostly. Uh, hedgehogs I think do have a yeah, maybe a, a free pass due to their colonial connections back to England, um, and you, you never see a fear. You never see a stoat. Um, Rabbits. Rabbits are certainly despised and hated. Uh, but again, I would potentially, I'd say, yeah, maybe it's the Australian connection. And the Australian connection is just the symptomatic, I guess, of how rabbits and hedgehogs have such a... Uh, they have such a mixed representation in our, in our culture historically. There's lots of, lots of good representations of rabbits. You'd have to do very hard to convince people that rabbits aren't cute. Possums, <laughs> um, possums are cute. But um, if you get there early enough, you can. You can. There's no. There's no children's book saying otherwise. So if you if you get there quick in New Zealand, you can tell the kids they're cute, but actually they're horrible. Which is takes me back to my earlier comment about uh, how the night vision images of possums raining nests and eating baby birds are, are quite often shown because they do do that work of showing how monstrous and horrific they are. Is possum hatred shared? Equally between the Maori and the European New Zealanders? That's an excellent question, um, and one which I'm afraid I'm not very well, I'm not very well equipped to answer. Uh, there are, as with many aspects in, in New Zealand, uh, Maori voices are not given a dominant place in discussions of environmentalism more broadly. Uh, I've certainly never heard any mainstream outlet give voice. Given a given a given a space to talk about possums or about um, about introduced species more generally, I know in some of my readings around the Australian context that a lot of the time um, Aboriginal voices aren't given sway because there's not not a clear distinction between domestic and introduced animals in the same way that uh, settler environmentalism often wants to operate with, and so I, I would be speculating, I'm afraid, but uh, I. Maybe similar things are, are at work in New Zealand environmentalism, but that's, I mean, it's an excellent question and one that I uh, would very much like to go out and find an answer to, but I do not have one right now. When I was in, I was in New Zealand last April driving around and I was amazed at the amount of roadkill and I, I was really worried that I was going to come across a, a possum injured on the road because I thought, what am I going to do if I find a possum 
on the road, knowing about the demonization of possums in New Zealand. If I'd, t if I'd found an injured possum or even like an orphaned joey and I took it to the vet, what kind of reception would I get? Uh, confusion, I would imagine, uh, more than anything. Um, it would be like, uh, I, 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 I struggle to find a correct thing to compare it to. Uh, there would be no obligation for a vet in New Zealand to assist an injured possum or an orphan joey? That's a good question. Um, I th well, the thing is, as individual animals, possums are often sometimes um, aren't protected. Uh, you know, an individual possum will be seen as something, um, as an animal, can be an animal. So there was a case where a, a man was convicted of, of torturing possums and he was, he was done for animal cruelty. Okay, that's comforting. So I wasn't sure if and if they were even within the law, but they are. Yeah, you can't you can't torture a possum. That's animal cruelty. Okay. Um, but you can't exterminate them. Three CR. What are you to do? Community radio. What are you to do? What, what, what? Eight five five. I am. You're listening to Freedom of Species on 3CR Community Radio, 855am. You've just been hearing from Nick Holm of Massey University talking about the hypocrisy of the anti-possum agenda in New Zealand. Now, I've got a few community announcements before I go. There's going to be a fundraising feast and eco-festival for farm animal rescue. That's going to be taking place on the Gold Coast next Saturday, the 19th of November. There's also going to be an educational rally about the egg industry that's going to take place in Melbourne's Burke Street Mall next Sunday, 20th of November at noon. You can search Facebook for Eggs Exposed 2. And the Sea Shepherd Marine Debris Campaign is having beach cleanups in Hobart, Brisbane and the Mornington Peninsula next weekend. That's the 19th and 20th of November. Details for all those events are on their respective Facebook pages and eventually will be on ours. You can get in touch with us by email, info at freedomofspecies.org, and you can follow us on Facebook and on Twitter. Thanks heaps for tuning in today. Thank you very much to Hans Crick and to Nick Holm. Thanks also to Nina Simon. I'm going to leave you with a couple of songs from Leonard Cohen, who passed away last week. The first song is Democracy and the second song is You Want It Darker. See you next week. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.